wake up in the morning, I don't got no worries, cause it's a beautiful day. So many wonder how long we will be here, tell them that we're here to stay. Hey yo, let's get it. Boss talk straight from the city with true heart. We got champs in the making and champs that are root them on. Got that all sport, optimal prime, ready to dominate. The hottest conversations uncensored. It's the time and place. Boss talks, keep it uncensored. It's all hard. You could be for more walks. Come tune in the boss talks. Got that all sport, optimal prime, ready to dominate. Hottest conversations uncensored. It's the time and place. Boss talks. Good. What's good? Welcome back. Another episode. Boss talk uncensored i'm your host one of them anyway tino amaya i'm here with my good friend my co-host my partner in crime jeff kobe it's your boy how you feeling today you know what i'm doing good man you know uh thank you thank you yeah that was it was a rough month you know for those of you that don't know we did take a couple weeks off i had a medical issue and had to recover from that and uh but i'm doing good i'm i'm eating solid foods now dude i'm down 25 pounds Let's it's go. uh it's bananas but Let's uh finally go. eating like chicken and noodles and uh no no steak doctor said no steak no red meats no red meats okay. at all man which is a killer for me cuz i Oh man, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I could, I, over here. bro, bro, put me on the carnivore diet. Right. I'm ready to go. <laughs> Pound of bacon and 50 eggs. Let's go. <laughs> Not anymore, son. No drinking. Uh, yes, I, I've been uh, alcohol free for um, going on a, uh, what am I at now? Eight, eight weeks. Holy smokes. Yeah. Eight weeks, no alcohol at all. That's, that's huge, especially in the restaurant business, right? Like it's huge in my business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's huge in my life for, for dog on right. sure. So, yeah. but, uh, all right, let's get our sponsors out of the way. You go ahead and lead us off, baby. Let's go. Let's go. So, uh, <laughs> mineral nutrition, we are Monroe. We got the healthy energy drinks. We got the good shakes, meal replacements, and the protein iced coffee. Actually, I wanted to point something out. So we got here, and Josh gave us this cool marker to write on our cups with. And, <laughs> Tino, can I just... Oh, uh, come on. Come on. Come on. What's going <laughs> on here? Yeah, so everybody... I don't know if you guys see that. Tino wrote... <laughs> everybody that knows me knows bj with a heart so i think he's starting to come around he was in la for a little bit so i don't know if he got to meet him or what it was maybe let me let me let me tell you about what happened to lbj in la they put a mural up of him and it got defaced because everybody knows everybody knows uh what else you got uh yeah we got uh triple d liquidation good stuff at a great price yeah man um we got bsb clothing line uh be somebody's blessing we just released some pieces so i'll have those all posted and everything um in our quote right now on the back of the shirts is as long as you make sure that somebody else's life is okay god will always make sure that your life is okay yes sir so what you got tino talk to me well you know amaya's fresh mexican grill man we make it fresh daily if we don't you know my mama's gonna slap me you know um <laughs> and then of <laughs> and then of course state farm insurance tino amaya state farm insurance I am personally celebrating 20 years with State Farm. Just got my 20-year plaque. It's been an absolute blessing being able to uh, service the people here in Monroe, Monroe County. We are now licensed in Kentucky, Tennessee, Ohio, 
and uh, soon to be licensed in Arizona. So those of you that are snowbirds looking to buy condos, looking to uh, maybe settle down somewhere warm, let us know, man. We can help you out. And then, of course, my group, Inc., where we do uh, small restaurant renovations, menu redevelopments, menu engineering, that sort of thing. If you're looking to revamp your space, give us a shout. All right. Let's go. Let's Listen, go. man, I'm excited about today. So, you know, I, I told you, Jeff, you know, I mean, <laughs> I've had a lot of mentors over the years. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, our guest today, he doesn't even know that he, he's been a closet mentor of okay. mine, right? <laughs> because I, I, I watched this guy. I've watched him move, uh, you know, as I was coming up. And I saw how he kind of came up. You know, he is a family member, relative of mine, and I'm super proud to call him a family member. He's got his hands in a lot of things um, and worked his way up same way I did. We're blue collar entrepreneurs, but man, he mm -hmm. just took it to a whole nother level. He's doing some great stuff. I want to talk to him about employee retention. I want to mm -hmm. talk to him about mentorship because some of the things that he does, and I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag. I'm going to let him describe it, but he's got some mentoring things he does. He's got uh, just the way he treats his employees, man. You know, when you, I talk to other business owners and they always say, I don't know how to retain. I don't know how to retain. I don't know how to do it. I'm like, man, I, I got a guy that could probably give you right. some tips. So uh, without further ado, I want to introduce uh, my cousin, uh, my friend, uh, my golf partner, partner in crime sometimes, uh, Ed, Edward Amaya, coming to us all the way from the west side of the state. That's right. Ed, how's it going? It's going well. It's going well all the way from Holland, Michigan, Ooh, right? Yeah, man. Uh, west side, right on the lake there. So, oh, yeah, a little rain today, little sunny, but uh, yeah, things are good in Holland. That's awesome. Where, where were you? I was in Grand Haven for oh, very nice. about a year and a half, two years, right there on the uh, boardwalk. Okay. Yes, sir. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's where your first shop was. Yep. yep. Okay. Well, well, Ed, for those people that don't know you, let's start off this way. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us a little bit about your business and kind sure. of... Uh,
Ed, you know, so let's jump on that for a second. Let's peel some layers back. So how do you get your employees to buy into that? Are you guys a good, like big mission vision company? And, and how do you get your employees to buy into that? Yeah, I think, you know, without vision, people perish. And that's a yeah. biblical term. And so I think and it doesn't. And I create a, a mission statement, which is basically our vision. It just was simple for people to remember. A lot of times I think companies try to get very wordy and make it sound great and uh just and, but people don't remember it <laughs> yeah, yeah. So my mission statement my mission statement for Kenwood is we will be a company where valuing people is priority resulting in an environment whereby all who come in touch with it will be blessed plain and simple wow so so when we have what we have what we call mentoring monday meetings once a month we and i've been doing this for years now probably a good 10 to 15 years where the first Monday of every month, we honor anniversaries and birthdays. What I do is I find a positive post that I put up there and I kind of talk to them about that. That's where the mentoring comes in. And so one thing that I've always challenged them is this, is that everything you decide to do inside these walls, does it line up with the mission statement? With what are you about to say to that person? Does that line up with valuing them? And one of the things that gets real difficult is that we try to identify people by what they do. He's mm. a welder. He's a painter. You know, he's, he's an assembler. He's, he's a cutter. No, that's somebody's dad, brother, sister, aunt, uncle, nephew, niece, granddaughter, grandson. So let's just remember, number one, that's Joe. And right. Joe welds. But Joe's not a welder. Joe's a human being. And so I've, I've worked very hard in all these years to make sure we don't lose the people skill and remembering that that's, that's a human next to you. Although they weld, that's a human. And, um, you know, I just want to treat people the best that I can because I want to know that my family members, wherever they go, are being treated well. So I worked hard at making sure that the mission is that we value people, we value people, we value people. And when they do that, the customer will benefit the most because they will work together as a team to take care of the customer, but they take care of each other first. That's, that's my biggest mission is that we make sure that we take care of each other first and the rest that. will happen. I love that. I, I do. I, uh, I listen to John C. Maxwell a lot and, uh, you're giving me like that kind of yeah. vibe, like the leadership yeah. and all that stuff. Um, so quick question. Yeah. I, dealing with a lot of people, I assume that by the time you get to work, um, you know, you've already probably been up for a few hours, got your day going. What does yeah. a morning routine look like for uh, someone in your position? Well, for me, uh, it starts at uh, five in the morning, getting up and uh, <laughs> making the bed and getting to CrossFit. So my wife and I, we uh, we do CrossFit from 530 a.m. to 630. Real quick. Um, can you yeah. can you tell us the importance of making the bed? <laughs> the, you accomplish something right away. Yes. Right. <laughs> it's that idea that you complete something, mm -hmm. and that gets the juices flowing. And yeah. it's it's about as important as having that uh, that breakfast. Your body needs that energy. So for me, it's that idea of a discipline. Yeah. Saying you know what, I don't feel like it, and let's be real. There'll be days where I don't why because I want to come home and jump back in that bed. 
Yeah. <laughs> but 99% of the time is make the bed. So we have a routine. And so we have two, two little puppies and my wife likes to take them out. I help her get them out of the cage. She does that. I go back, make the bed, right? Get the bed going. And then we get dressed. I have my little bowl of cereal and we head to the gym and we put a good hour in with a bunch of great people and uh, just do that. Get back home, get showered, get in, get to work. And and so in my business, uh, manufacturing starts at 6 a.m. They work a six to four. And this has been recent. We're a four day work week because I believe in the importance of um, helping employees save money by not driving in one more day. But at the same time, there seems to be a momentum that happens when they work a longer day because they're there already. So mm-hmm. I get in, I have a morning meeting with some of my key people just to see what's going on in the plant. And um, I go after it. Now, let me just be honest. It's um, today's world is very difficult. And since COVID, I might add, boy, for the, that year or two, just getting people's attitudes to stay in line. It doesn't matter what I've done all these years. What matters is what happens today. Yeah. And if I'm going to yeah. live in the past, I'm not going to have a future. So you have to be able to understand your audience and kind of change things to to make sure you keep them engaged. I'm a small shop. I have 25 employees. I have bigger competition around me when it comes to welders and welders are hard to find. So that's what makes up a majority of my shop. So you got to get creative. You got to get creative in what you do. But I have always done these things. We've honored hams for Easter. We've done turkeys for Thanksgiving. We've done Christmas luncheons. We do spur the moment cookouts. Um, I send people home early on a day and pay them just because they did a great job this week. Um, I'm very flexible with them. I was probably one of the first ones who allowed second chance employees to work in my facility. Wow. If you paid your debt to society. Who am I to judge you? Yes. Who right. am I to sit there yeah. and say, you're not worth it. I've had men cry in my office because they're temps and they say, but I got to tell you one more thing. And it's like, Hey, it's just one more thing. I know about you. doesn't change how I love you. So I love that. it's always been that. Well, let it's me ask you this. Idea. Let me ask you this because, yeah. you know, in your, in your vision mission statement, you know, you talk about treating people a certain way and, and you just explained how that resonates with the, um, you know, with the customer because your employees are treated a certain way and they believe a certain thing. And so that resonates with them and, and the customers feel it. You just mentioned, you know, you know, saying that you love your employees Yeah. as a business owner. A lot of times we're told to keep that kind of that wall there, right? How do you lead with love or how do you lead with that type of empathy where you can actually, you know, not figuratively or not, but figuratively, yeah, uh, wrap your arms around someone and say, hey, man, you know what? It's one more thing, but I still love you and, and you're an employee. Right. How do you do that and, and kind of like keep that space between you? Well, it started by actions, right? They see me as a kind person. They see me giving. They see me um, understanding the situation. I had an employee who was having an issue with her daughter and happened so – this was about a year ago – the daughter was out in the parking lot. The mom went and got her. I said, hey, bring her in. And so I had a conversation with them, and I got them to forgive each other wow. and to love. And that daughter's doing phenomenal now. They, they, she thanks me every day. Thank you so much. But it started with action. Yeah. And then they wonder, well, why do you do what you do? Then you, that opens the door to talk about, well, I believe 
that love is the greatest thing that we can do. It's not a sexual word. Yeah. It's a relational word. Right. And there's nothing wrong with saying, I love you. And I said, so I want you to understand that all that I do here isn't because I like you. It's because I love you. Yeah. Wow. And I want you to hear those words. I want you to hear those words, that it's okay to say those words because I have a lot of folks that are on my staff that work in manufacturing that had some hard backgrounds. Right. And I think the thing they lacked the most was just hearing, I love you. Yeah. You're okay. Yeah. Now, I want to make sure you understand something. I'm about mentoring. Mentoring means that I will continue to work with you and I will lay the groundwork hoping and expecting to see you become better. But if me doing all this just enables you to continue to be who you are and you choose to fight the system, well, then decisions get made. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I'm a mentor. I'm not an enabler. Wow. Right? And that's the difference. We enable when we allow behavior to stay the same, even though you've poured into, you've had many meetings, you've given flexibility, but the results are not different. Yeah. Mentoring means I do these things and I see a change. Right. And I see you continue to grow and I will continue to work with you because it's important that we value. And at the same time, it just takes one bad apple and it can ruin the whole batch. It's kind of like a cancer. Yeah. I don't say that yeah. lightly. Yeah. It spreads and it can right. spread very fast. So. You know, and, and I see that in my industry, I'll be honest, because we get a lot of second chance individuals yeah. and, uh, you know, the restaurant industry is is littered with it. Right. A lot of people that just, you know, don't even realize that, you know, man, these guys are they, like you said, paid their debt to society. They're just looking yep. for another chance. And and I've and, and I'm going to use you because, you know, you're mentoring Mondays. I followed you, man. I've been following you over the years. And I use a lot of the things that I see you preach. And I'm going to tell anyone that's watching, and I see some people are commenting right now saying, hey, when you lead with love, you, people produce more. You're absolutely right, Glitter Girl. Thank you for posting that. But, you know, I've I've used a lot of the things you say. And I can tell the people that are watching this right now, look, listen, this guy is not just saying it. He practices what he is preaching right now. Uh, Jeff, did you have something? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I'm – newer to business and everything i'm only going on year two right but sure i've been open to mentorship and personal development for nine years now um and something that the connection that i was able to make uh just bouncing off of what you said is there's this book by gary chapman it's called the five love languages and i read that book i read that book but every time i've read that book it's opened me up to realize that it's not just about a relationship as far as a boyfriend, girlfriend or whatever, but it's relationships with people and how mm. they receive uh, love, information, right. everything. And you can use those same exact uh, traits and teach people things in business, things in the work environment. So what you just said was like confirmation to what I was thinking, you know, all the all this time. So I love that. You know, I, you know, let me just share this because it just came to mind. The biggest thing that a business leader owner can do is to be human. Yeah. It's to admit I screw up. I tell my company this. I said, listen, Kenowa Industries will never be a perfect company. Well, why is that? Because I work here and I <laughs> screw up. So I, I ruin it for the rest of you. So if you, if you think that we're perfect, we're not because I, I work here and I, I ruined it for everybody. So I'm sorry. So when they when they see the owner 
willing to admit. They've seen me cry in front of them. The humanness is what they're looking for. And then they know that I mean what I say and I say what I mean. Yeah. yeah. So whenever I'm uh, confronted with a decision that could favor me or favor the employee, I will always favor the employee because in the end, people are your greatest assets. Yeah, yes. I love that. You actually had that as your uh, license plate. Yeah. And my wife, my wife gave that to me for a birthday present. And then later on, <laughs> I thought about it. She goes, I think she did that so she'd know where I was at town when she saw my Sequoia. She goes, that's where he's at. <laughs> So, you know um, what? But I, I remember you and I went on a golf trip and I kept staring at that stinking golf, that license plate. And I said, OK, like, what does this stand for? And man, it hit me like a ton of bricks because at the time I was a you know, newer entrepreneur and I was hiring people. And and you said, man, people are your greatest assets. I've never forgotten that. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. And I literally I've, I've carried that with me for years. And I actually just said awesome. that to someone the other day. But let me ask you this. So let me let's back up half a step. So you got to Kenowa and you started as a sales manager. Did you actually inherit the team there or did you were you able to build your own team or how did that transition work? Yeah. So when I was there, I was the manufacturing manager. Manufa okay, sorry about that. Yes. Yeah. So I ran the manufacturing and uh, one of the things that this company was lacking was continuity between manufacturing and in the office. They saw my resume. They saw that I was kind of the social director at my previous job of 12 years. I put together the golf outings, the Christmas <laughs> luncheons, because I was always about people. So they thought I didn't necessarily have a lot of manufacturing management experience, but they knew I brought that characteristic. So I came in on that. So, yeah, needless to say, when I came in, this company was probably about 48 big. Wow. And, uh, they were just humming along. And then when I became president, and I started there in 2003, I became president in 2006. I obviously had to do a lot of cutting of the fat. Yeah. Yeah. The recession was coming the whole bit. So where we had a sales force of five, six people doing about five million, I now have one guy who's my sales guy, and we're still doing five to six million. <laughs> wow. And so, and we're doing it with half the people. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so uh, for me, what I got to do is inherit people who who embrace the vision, okay. who embrace the idea that we're going to value people first. And, and I say this, I say this to people, I, I have a ministry first and a business second. Yeah. Wow. That's how it is. It. And Man, you don't hear don't that very often. Like to hear that or not, but that's what it is. Ministry first, <clears throat> business second. The ministry will take care of the business. And the fact is, so that's been my call, right? That's been my mission um, is to just, I say, I own a business not to see what it can do for me, but what I can do for others because of it. Yeah. And that's the model that I live by. And that's what I continue to do. So, yeah, um, the sales force that was there is no longer there. I, you know, through attrition and not rehiring those spots, because when you have a small pie, you know, <clears throat> less people, bigger pieces. And so we've, I run a business that way. And so I have guys, I have guys, I've got a 25 year employee. I've got one coming up on 20 years, another one, you know, 18 years. So we've been able to, to kind of retain some employees. Now, some people go because I also, I also encourage people at the mentoring Monday. If this is not what makes you happy, then let's yeah. find what does 
and I will give you the biggest going away party there is because I just want you to understand life is short. Yeah. Don't think you're stuck. You always have an opportunity to better yourself and take it from me. I don't have the degrees. I don't, I'm school of hard knocks, but I always said there's something better. You got to take risk. You go after it. And I've had some employees who have left. Yeah. Taking that to heart and that's okay. And then I've had some employees who come back and say, you know what I did and I thought, but I'm so glad I can come back and opportunities here and it, and it works. So, you know, I just, um, that's just the key. I just cannot get off the focus of people. And in today's society and world, you have to do that. And so I post a lot of things on Facebook, not because I I need attaboys or pats on the back, but I'm trying to be a living example of other places. So even if you're a manager or maybe you're a supervisor, there's always things that you can do. You don't have to have a big budget. A lot of times bigger companies, they cut everything. You know, my wife works for a a major furniture company. The things that they've cut out and taken away from the employees just amazes me. Right. Because I sit there and go, these are not the times. But when you're publicly held, there's a lot of pressure to make sure the shareholders make their money. That's the nice thing of being privately held. Right. I right. can make the decisions. I can decide what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. But my focus has always been about the people. They nice. are your greatest assets. I don't care how good equipment you get or how big of a building you get or how fancy your cars are. It takes people. Yep. It yep. still takes people. Absolutely. So I want to ask you something. This is a little deeper, but I believe it's not you know, anything that you – you wouldn't be able to answer um going through you know because you made a pretty big leap you know in a short amount of time when you look at it what internal or mental blocks were you carrying that you had to deal with and get rid of um in order to step into the position that you're in today yeah good question thank you because you know there are things that i have struggled with you you listen to me right now and you're going man this guy's full of confidence I'm not. I there have been times that I've walked into a room and I have number one being Hispanic in a Dutch community. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, then trying yeah, to, yeah. you know, uh, a lot of times I would say I was the minority token, meaning there's organizations and uh, places within our community that trying to show that they're diverse. So they always call me to come in because I'm a safe guy. Right. Right. Oh, he owns a business. So. So the, a lot of times I struggled with how do I sit in a room with bankers, big, tall, uh, white guys who just intimidate me because I'm not tall, I'm short. And then I used to get stuck with, I don't have degrees. Right. I don't, I don't have all that stuff behind me that, that says I do this. But it took a, a lunch with a banker that I was using at that one time. And he says, Ed, I want to tell you something. And he says, you... The way you run your business and what you do, he says, I wish I have other owners that could do what you do. And they have degrees. They have all this. But somehow he even said to me, you could do a show. You could write a book, everything you've gone through with no experience and how you handle it is amazing to me. And I deal with big companies. And it was that turning point. I just need to hear that nugget that says, wait a minute, I guess I guess I can do this. Yeah. And that's that little bit of confidence. And then you just have to believe in yourself saying, if you truly believe what your mission is, that, that's why I keep going back. There's a mission. 
What yeah. is it that drives you to do? What is your why? Yeah. What is your why? Why am I doing this? I own a business, not to see what it can do for me, but what I can do for others. And that's the motivation that says that may be a little scary, but I'm going to do it. I'm not going to allow myself to, to convince myself otherwise and, and take a detour. I know why I want to do this, and this would be better for our people. It's not even about me. Wow. It's about them. I love it. I love it. What what could you share with us? Like what is your current like currently? Because you know your why changes throughout time. Yeah. What's your why right now? You know, my why right now is to make sure that, you know, in the next 10 years, I take this company and we we double it. Mm. Why? Because in 10 years I might be going, I'm ready to be done. And I owe it to all these other young people who've come who want to continue to be here to make sure that they can call Kenowa Industries home. If it's my time to be done and I want to move on, I got to make it so that they can. And so with that, we're buying a new laser cutter out of China. We've got big things going on in our plant. Of all the years, this is the best year for us to do what we're doing because I'm going to do that plan. I'm going to create growth to ensure that people have longevity here beyond my time, that Kennel Industries will still be a place that nurtures people, that values people, and will be a positive contributor within our community. I love that. I love that wow. you said double it in 10 years because there's this quote by Tony Robbins, and he says people overestimate what they can do in a year where you get a lot of people that are like, next year this time, we're, we're tripling the company, right? Right. But he says they underestimate what they can do in five to 10 years. And so I love that you said, Hey, I want to double it in 10 years. That's right. Uh, that's beautiful. Okay. Yeah. 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 You know, so, you know, walk us through now that we've, we've talked about a lot of the successes, let me ask you this. What are your failures look like and how do you handle those with your team? Right. Um, the model around the, the business is this, when things go right, you guys get all the credit when things go wrong. That's on me. Yeah. I take that alone. Um, yeah, there have been some, some, I think my, my biggest failures or at least the ones that I can kind of speak to is possibly holding on to individuals in key positions that probably should have been done with. Ooh, okay. I don't, I don't, I can't say that I made this one decision and the company ate it. Right. Yes. We've had, customers that I've agreed to do work with and then they fell short and we didn't get paid 150,000 here or we didn't get paid. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But for me it's the idea of as much as you know that saying that your strength can become your weakness. Yes. That's the thing that I have to balance and and be sure of this the older you get the compassionate more compassionate you become but you also have to remember there's a business here. Right. Yeah. And the right. longevity of this business is based on you making a decision or not making a decision. Mm -hmm. And you know what? And I tell my employees this, you know, a lot of you say, oh man, it, it must be great to own the company. And oh man, it must be great. You have no pressures. I go, no, right. I'm accountable. <laughs> I got a bank that I have to report to it quarterly. Yeah. Uh, they, they look at my business and I said, in, in the scariest place, the loneliest place is at the top. You know why? Because I know that in a matter of a moment, I can make a decision that will change your life for wow. the better yeah. or for the worse. And right. so I walk very gingerly. <laughs> and at times I might walk too gingerly 
because I'm always about believing in people. And so, yeah, I've had some failures where I probably held on to somebody and I, and I knew that it wasn't good, but I'm always believing the best. And so when you run a business based on mentoring and valuing people, that would be your biggest struggle. But you have to be prepared and you have to understand this, that there's nothing worse than having somebody come to a place where they just don't fit right. and they mm -hmm. don't feel appreciated. And at the same time, we just don't have an employee that kind of fits the mold. And so it's always about it's never about that you're a bad person. It's just that it's, it's just not working and we've got to go different directions. So, yeah. um, you know, that's, that's great. my biggest struggle. That's great to hear you say that, because, you know, I just listened to a podcast with uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. I, I love podcasts and we're going to talk about that in a second. But I love listening to podcasts. And Gary just said something very similar where he said, you know, if you really want to figure out where people fit, hold them accountable to something that that is maybe bigger than what they what they truly believe. He said, sure. and at that point, most people will leave on their, like they'll come to you and say, you know what? Right. <laughs> this right. is a little bit more than what I, what I thought it was going to be, um, I think. But it comes back to that accountability piece. So talk to us a little bit about that because we're talking about mentorship. We're talking about, okay, at the top, you take all the bullets. You're accountable yep. to all your people. How do you hold your people accountable for what they're responsible for. What's that look like? Well, you know, it's it's funny because um, there's a <clears> saying that my my past, one of the original founders that I was a partner with, Mike DeVries, who passed away 10 years ago in, in March, but he used to say this. He says, people don't do what you expect. They do what you inspect. Hmm. So, so he would say that to me. He goes, Ed, remember, people don't do what you expect they do what you inspect and so i said man that makes a lot of sense we can throw out a lot of things out there but if we're not inspecting them they won't do them yeah and that's where accountability starts right and then you begin to show them the purpose of why we need them to do things a certain way so in my business i don't sell you this pen i sell you the time it takes to make this pen that's what i sell Mm, not the yeah. pen. So <clears throat> when I try to encourage them as to, hey, we quote work, we we believe that it could be welded in this time frame. And when you go over and don't care, we're basically losing. Right. But at the same time, if you're able to do it faster than what we quoted, well, kudos, but we need that information. Why? Because the next time, you know, Joe's Weld Shop will come in and give a price, and we'll have history that says, you know what, we can match that price or beat it because the last time we made this, we did it much better and much faster. So the first thing they're accountable for is just their time. Okay. I said, I, I'm not here to run a sweatshop. That's not what I do. But I do expect you to be accountable for your time. And I'm not looking to fire somebody because they, they didn't run the time quoted. That teaches us. Right. We didn't quote it right. So it's information, you know. Data is not a hammer to see who you're going to fire, but more or less a flashlight to see how we become better so we can do more hiring. Wow. Right? And so it's and so in my world, we now have the great disparity. You have those who understand work ethics, and you have this new young generation that they think everything's owed to them right away. Yeah. Right. 
they don't want to work for it. And they'll come in and then they don't come in and they have, you know, I sneezed once. And so it's a, <laughs> and, and I just can't find people anymore like we used to. Yeah. yeah. So you have yeah. to learn to balance that. Yeah. But there, therein lies the challenge. And so accountability comes from making sure they all understand what the vision is and giving them information as to why we need the information that they're recording for us. Yeah. And, you know, when I put cameras up in my buildings, I did that because as the manufacturing manager, I run out of two buildings. I wanted the ability to see when products coming in because we're a custom fabrication shop. So different shapes and sizes. If something's coming in, I wanted to be able to see without walking buildings where I had space. Right. It took some time to convince them that this wasn't cell block H. I'm not watching you. <laughs> right. But there have been times where I had to replay the camera because someone said they didn't do something. And I said, well, you've got one chance to tell me the truth because I'll just roll back the camera. And then they found it to be true. And I didn't fire them right away. But the idea is that, yeah, it's when you have and I'm predominantly men, but we do have three women that work out there. I'm very proud to say and welders, too. Um, there's a lot of pride. Yeah. You know, yeah. they don't like to get questioned. I've been welding for 20 years. And so. I just go back to what is my mission statement? We're going to value people. Yeah. And that sometimes means you just have to understand and, and never get lost in some people don't know how to communicate and they get very anxious and that's okay. I said, that's okay. I don't, I'm not losing the message, but I will also address and say, Hey, I think you need to step down a little bit. Uh, take a deep breath. Have a seat. <laughs> yeah. You're in my office. I don't need you standing over me. I just need you to sit down and let's have a conversation. Right? Yeah. Because yeah. I just want to make sure that we, we come out, you know. Well, you know what? Together. So I, I like what you're saying because I have a saying that I picked up from uh, one of my mentors years ago. Believe it or not, this guy's name was Sam Pellegrino. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, but uh, great guy. Phenomenal guy. And he took me to lunch one day and we were having this conversation about, you know, again, I, I have a state farm agency. I've got a sales organization at the time I had, you know, my office manager, Linda, who's celebrating 20 years with me, but yeah. 32 with state farm. Um, you know, I had my brother, Mark, I had, um, you know, another gal named Carmen. I had this other, you know, we, there was like, we had like five, six of us, you know, we were growing the agency at the time. And so I was talking to Sam about, this very thing. I said, you know, man, you know, how do you hold them accountable? How do you hold them accountable? And he says, you know, Tino, he said, there's an old saying, the checker gets what the checker checks. <laughs> and I said, I like that. <laughs> and I said, you know what? I, and I remembered it, you know, and I never forgot it. Well, I'm going to tell you how this comes full circle. So I, you know, I have a lot of these little sayings that I do with my kids along the way. And, you know, so Jackson picks me up from the airport one time. And, uh, you know, I'd been looking at the reports on my phone and I'm looking at sales and I'm looking at voids and I go into the system and there's some things that weren't adding up. And I said, man, this is this is just isn't adding up. I said, you know, I'm going to have to go back and have a conversation with these guys. And out of the blue, without missing a beat, he goes, well, you know, dad, it's what you always say. Checker, che checker gets with the checker checks. Maybe you just <laughs> haven't been checking in a while. <laughs> Very well put. Yeah, I said, thank you, son. I appreciate that. Get me home. Shut up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you know what? So so here's what I like that I'm hearing, though. So, so at the same time, you're very empathetic. You lead with love. But then there's also that side of you that's like, I love you. 
but but here's the line right and right. so now you're right. showing us where that right. line is with the accountability right. talk to us a little bit as we continue to move on what would you consider the most important thing for you and in your industry or any actually any business owner as they're trying to implement this mentorship leadership style what's the most important thing you think they need to do with their employees to get started well first of all you have to have a person that uh has patience Ooh, right patience is a word that and in today's society i mean we can't find enough people every industry is struggling so you the game has changed where before i could call temp agencies and i could have temps lined up at the door in a matter of minutes to come in to my facility that's gone so you have to understand that your managing style has to change so first thing is that when you exert patience and understanding you get people to buy in mm. You just can't demand something of people and say, that's the way it is, take it or leave it. Because in today's world, most of them will leave it. <laughs> and you're none the better, right. you're none the better. And I've had to, you know, and I've had to share this with some of my long-term uh, members or family members there because they see a young person come in and they're missing. And the first thing I say, hey, when they're here, do they work? Well, yeah, they do great work. They do quality work, they're good but they're just not here. And I said, well, then let's step two, let's remember, I don't have to hire them in at the end, but at the same time, is 20 hours better than zero? Yeah. You know, I'd love 40, but guess what? So we learn patience and, and you try to be understanding, but you're absolutely right. Now, if I have an employee who, when he's there or she doesn't do good work and they're missing a lot of time, we draw the line. Right. But I'm having to coach some of my upper echelons, if you will, to be more understanding that because they have a work ethic that they're there every day, they put the time in, they don't miss for anything, and they want this younger group to come in and have the same values, and it just doesn't work. So for wow. me, I think the first thing is that a person has to be patient. Trust me, I was doing Mentoring Monday meetings for a long time before I started getting the yes nods when I looked into the audience <laughs> and then getting the coming back to me and saying, Hey, that really meant a lot to me. Thanks for sharing that. I, I could, I, I needed to hear that. And so you just got to keep going. Number one, you have to believe what you're trying to implement is the best thing. And that's the first buy-in you have to have. Then you have to get the people to buy in and you show that by just being patient and understanding, allowing them to voice their opinion. That's the one thing, right? That's yeah. the one thing that I make sure that my managers or supervisors say, listen, if you, the, the scariest place to have is a place where people don't talk anymore. That means that they've told you things and you've done nothing with it. So they stop giving you good ideas because let's be real. The best ideas are from the people who are doing the work day in and day out. Oh, I yeah. can sit in my office and make those decisions, but I'd rather have them tell me, what do you think? How should we do this? Here's my situation. Do you think you can paint those and then jump back into these? I'm trying not to jerk the system, but getting their input. But that's where they begin to trust you. And then they just go, hey, I have my longest term employee. His name's Jose. He's 20 years this next year. He says to me, and he said it for years, if it's good for you, Ed, 
it's good for me. Hmm. That's, and that's what you get when you're patient, you're understanding, you tell them the whole picture. For managers, there's another saying I want to give you. It's called Ugo, U-H-G-O. And I used to say, as managers and supervisors, we'd go out for lunch and we'd talk about all our problem employees, but we'd never talk to the employee. Hmm. So I always said, hey, remember this, be upfront, be honest, and give opportunity. That means you don't talk around them, talk to them. Yeah. And then give them opportunity to see if they can make it. So you go upfront, honest, give opportunity. And I've done that and I've used that and uh, it's been successful. And there was one time where I had a supervisor where we did that. And at the end of the 30 days, it just turned out best that he no longer be with us. And that was one of the most uh, difficult times for me. I remember it was a Friday afternoon, seven o'clock or five o'clock. And he and I were the last ones in the building. And I said, you know, Jack, after 30 days, we've kind of measured things. And I just believe it's best that we part ways. And he agreed. And I just remember watching him drive out of my parking lot, you know, at that time. And as much as it hurt, I said, this is the way you do things. You need to be upfront. You need to be yeah. honest. Yeah. Just give people opportunity. You know, I think that was proud for me, you know, when I was you know, really starting to hire people and, and really getting into my career. That was probably the hardest thing for me to get used to is when you have to cut those ties. Jeff, yeah, you haven't yeah. had to do that yet. Really? I don't think. Have you? I have. I really? Just, when I started, I had eight people rocking with me. Right. Wow. And then I realized it's like, it's not about the numbers of people. It's about like, how, how coachable are these people? How how willing are they? Are they willing to see the company grow or are they just here for a check? You know? Mm, right. So right. Um, definitely. I've went through at a smaller. Yeah. Much know, smaller scale. scale. Yeah. 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 It's, you know, you know, at any scale though, I got to tell you, man, it's never easy. I remember the right. first person I fired, uh, mm. I was in Dallas and my boss made me do it. And wow. we were training managers at the time. And he said, Hey, you know, this, scale's not going to work out. Um, you need to sit down and have a talk with her. And I think I was crying before she left the office. Sure. Cause I was just oh, yeah. so I've like, man, you know, <laughs> I mean, I was just, and, and the worst part is, you know, she had been with us for about 45 days. So during that 45, you know, 45 days, I was her lead trainer. So I'm showing her everything. I'm showing her stuff where, you know, in, in 45 days working with someone in close quarters, you really develop a rapport. Now you're not just talking business. You're talking personal. You're learning about family members. You're learning about. So like, as I'm letting her go, I'm like, oh man, I, right. it was the hardest thing, hardest thing I had to do. But um, you know what? So we've got about five minutes. I got, I got a quick question. No, jump in. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, all right, for the new guy, we're, we're, now, we're, now we're going, we're going my era here. What, um, if for the new person who either wants to start the business or who has just started a business, what's five good tips that you could give them so that their business lasts? <laughs> I can say the same five things. Mm. Love people, love people, love people, love yeah. people. But, but honestly, here's one thing that I can definitely say that I've changed in my thought process. A good attitude is far more better than experience. Yeah. Mm. Number one. I think when we start looking, you want experience and to a degree you need that. But when you, when you, when I started looking for people to fill spots for me, I began to realize that there's people 
because that's what I possessed. I possessed a good attitude and everything that I do now was never with experience, but I was given the opportunity to get that experience. Mm. So don't be afraid to say this person has a great attitude and they just seem to be able to learn. And I think I can teach them so that you can at least there's certain positions that I need people to to know the Kennewa way. And there's other positions that I'm willing to learn the other ways. Mm-hmm. But number one, it's always don't be afraid to take good attitude over experience because I've done that more lately and it's been more successful. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I, I always say, listen, if you're going to be into a business and you're going to going to want to manage people, today's world is different than it was five years ago, 10 years ago. It is the most, and I've said it and I'll say it again. These are the most difficult and trying times to run a small business yeah. with everything that's that's happened in the last five years. Yeah. It's tough. And let's be real. Mental illness is big. Yeah. I now provide insurance and then I have some extra insurance where employees have the ability to call and just 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 let it all out. And it's being used. Wow. It is amazing, just amazing what has happened since COVID when here in Michigan, a lot of employees were kept. You could only go to work or you couldn't and you couldn't do things. And I just remember having to really work hard at keeping the attitudes positive and keeping people focused on, you know, don't control what you can control and don't worry about the rest. Right. So in today's world, I, I have it, you know, and it depends, you know, if you're starting a, a tech business or uh, whatever it is, you might have a better opportunity at success. But right now, it's just for me from a manufacturing side, you know, people are hurting and they don't all come 100 percent. Yeah. So you've yeah. got to be patient and you got to understand that, you, you know, if you want to build a business, it takes people. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's just it's just tough. And I still and let's be honest, I'm going to be open and honest with you. I've questioned my own mental capacity. Yeah, I've thought about this, you know, as a leader, the one thing that you always have to be is positive. Yeah. 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 Why? You have an employee that passed away. I had my business partner, Mike, pass away. You know, you get very limited time because if you start looking like you don't have it together and you just, yeah, people know you're human, but they feed off that. Right. So as a leader, you have to be somewhat of a rah-rah guy. You have to be the one that sees the positivity in every situation, doesn't diminish what's happened, but gets people to focus on what can happen. Yeah. And so I'm so, and I, I apologize if all I'm talking about is people, 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 but that's no, the experience I that I bring for 20 years. And I was managing people prior to coming here. So I've had probably over 30, 35 years of managing people and understanding that some people you have to say at a boy every day, some people just show them what you need done and leave them alone. Yeah. And there's so many different variables, but I have never faced so many situations as I have here in the last year and a half where people are just not, not there. Wow. And yet you, I make sure that when I offer, I just, in fact, I just had a, uh, one of my female um, uh, welders two weeks ago, we had a kind of a performance, a performance improvement plan follow-up. And this was the last one because she had gone through some things and we required this and she came out strong. And she said to me, 
thank you so much for doing the insurance that you do and adding this on because I'm so much better for Kenowa now. And I said, well, let, let me stop you there. Me doing that has nothing to do with Kenowa. There's everything about you because I just want you to have a happy life. Yeah. And you might find in this happiness that what you're doing at Kenowa is what, not what you want to do anymore. Right. And you'll figure something out. But my focus is always about the people. And trust me, we're we're benefiting from that. This year, we've had the biggest backlog to start the year we ever had. We had $4 million in backlog, and that was 80% of what we did all last year, the first two weeks of January, and more coming. And we just got a lot of good things. And wow, I think awesome. a lot of this is good because people have stuck with Kennel Industries. I continue to move the playing field and do the things that I need to, change the working hours, try to be more competitive so I can compete with the bigger people. They love the four-day work week. I think there's studies that show one less morning of waking up to alarm clock is is good. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's proven itself. We're, we're doing great. So That's awesome, man. All right, I got yeah. a couple more questions, then we're going to wrap up. One of yeah. those things is so, you know, with your morning routine or with your routine in general, are you a, a, a book reader? Are you a podcast guy? <laughs> so I, I was hoping you wouldn't ask me that. I'm not a book reader. <laughs> um, and I, I very rarely. Wait, wait, wait. I, I bought you a book like a few years <laughs> ago. You never read it? What in the world? I might have, but I forgot that I did. Um, <laughs> so, so let me tell you where I, I am so community focused. I serve on multiple boards. I serve on the Community Foundation Board for Holland, which impacts our community. I serve on the um, the, the uh, committee that decides which organizations we're going to give money to, a school board, a hospital board. And through those connections, I meet a lot of great people. Yeah. And I, I'm that guy that just loves, like tonight, I'm going to walk away being a better man, just listening to you guys and asking you to kind of talk out loud. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't find myself a lot into books. I just find myself in community, having coffee, lunches, serving on big boards that have some pretty prominent people who you rub elbows with and you just can learn and talk. And I used to be part of a manufacturing roundtable group, which was awesome. And uh, but those are the things that have kind of contributed to where I'm at today. I I can't tell you the last book I read in full and I'm not against that. Um, I keep looking at golf videos and my game doesn't get better. Um, The idea is that um, I've just kind of found this groove and I find myself putting together golf outings for nonprofit organizations. Uh, One that's called Be Better, where their son uh, two years ago uh, committed suicide at the University of Michigan. He was a swimmer there. So that mental illness is, is real. Uh, one for Laup, which is a Latin Americans United for Progress, trying to help the Latin community here, uh, serve on the Zealand board, hospital board, uh, uh, school board. Uh, that's where I find my time and energies. And then more importantly, just sitting in my office and letting employees come in and share their hearts. Wow. I take time for that all the time. So I'm sorry I can't give you a list of five things that I've read or, or podcasts that I might <laughs> yeah. sit in, but I like this podcast thing. I might have to try one over here. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, you know what? That's awesome. So I had another one of my good mentors that passed away uh, a few years ago, Phil Gill. And and Phil was a, was exactly what you just said. He and I were, were talking one day and I said, Phil, 
you know, what podcast should I be listening to? What uh, what book should I be reading just yeah. to become a better leader? And he said, you know, Phil had this, he had a big belly. And, you know, I, I hope if his family's watching this, forgive me. But, you know, he really did. He had a big, big belly and <laughs> loved to eat. And he said, Tino, the only podcast I listen to are usually at a, a lunch table, a dinner table, somewhere where I can break bread with someone. That's it. That's all I do. He said, I, I find somebody that's successful that I feel right. is just doing some great things. He goes, and I just reach out and say, Hey, you know, let's go grab lunch. And, uh, and awesome. I experienced that firsthand with him and I've met some great people with him, people that are still great friends of mine to this day. And, uh, you know, I, I miss them dearly. So that's great to hear you say that. Awesome. So that, that's a, that's a really good tip. Um, <laughs> Jeff, what do you got? Yeah. I just, I just really want to thank you because, you know, myself, I've never been necessarily the best at anything. But I've always been somebody that loves people and loves people mm. for who they mm. are and have mm. always seen like the best in people. So just hearing what you're saying just gives me confirmation to like just keep being that and keep walking That's right. on that. So thank you so much for coming and pouring into us because this is definitely going to be one of the podcasts that I watch back a few times. Oh, yeah, awesome. yeah. You know, we, we have another really good friend, John Allen. I'm going to shout him out really quick. He owns a car dealership down the street. And, and you guys, a, a lot of what you were saying aligns with a lot of what he said. And I've probably listened back to that podcast about three or four different times. And I've sure. taken notes because it's just like, man, it's just some great, great nuggets. So I want to thank you uh, for coming on. I want to thank you for Absolutely. being a part of this. Uh, any parting words for, again, now aspiring young entrepreneurs that are looking to build a team? Any parting words for them? Yeah. Okay, number one, really, and I think this is common, but I'll just reiterate it. Um, it only takes one to believe. Mm. And as long as you believe, it can happen. Nice. Don't look for everyone else to buy in right away. And probably look for those who want to deter you mm. from being who you know you can be. Yes. So that, that's the biggest thing is that only you only need one vote, and that's your vote. Wow. And as long as you believe in it, you can make it happen. And then when I have my down moments and I just don't know where to go, I just put on this hat and I just feel like a winner. I, feel like a winner. I just all of a sudden I'm like, who, who's got it better than me? That's what I'd say. Who's got it better than me? Right. Let's I got this right go. here. And then some days I just turn around and I, I wear the other side because it just means so much to me. So I just want you guys to know that. Yes. Right there. Right. Here it is. there we go there Listen. you go i'm gonna let i'm gonna end it that way right there. It. on that i'm gonna say man uh thank you once again for listening thank you ed for joining all the way from Absolutely. the west side of the state thank guys you. it's been great jeff thank, thank you. you so much man yes, thank, thank you, you jeff hey you man know, we team. out boss hey, talk we out peace